Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Markia, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those sheltering into the dark with us for the first time, welcome. Each of us have to face the things that we don't like, the things that go bump into the night, the things that really get underneath our skin and are able to scratch that scary itch of ours. For me, as I've said before, it's clowns and teeth. Thus, pop some popcorn, imagine the flashing lights, and step right into the big top of your mind. The sounds of laughter and carnival music are so loud you almost can't hear the clowns feasting on the children or the screams behind the curtains. This circus is free to enter, but it will take something that you'll miss if you make it out alive. Enjoy the show at the Carnival of Frights. First, Fancy Flopsy is your clown friend till the end. Next, a death-defying high-wire act goes wrong. After that, a detour to the real-life haunted clown motel. And finally, a circus trinket goes pop, and you're next. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week. As always, the first story you hear is one that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. Then I read a few more stories for the podcast. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarl.com. And if you'd like to support Something Scary, consider joining our Patreon. As a patron, you can help the show and also be a part of it. Hear your name featured in a story on the podcast or weekly video and see ad-free episodes. For more information, visit patreon.com snarled. So, want to hear something scary? Old memories have a way of bringing up old friends, even imaginary ones who were there for us when no one else was. Araceli and Jeff were excited to move into their new home. They had been married for a few weeks and finally found the perfect place by the woods. Their moving boxes were neatly stacked by the shed near the end of the driveway. Araceli noticed an old box with yellow tape she couldn't recall packing, but it had her name on it. When she sliced it open with the box cutter, she found some old belongings. Her mom must have added the box to their things. It was filled with old photos and mementos from her childhood home that she hadn't seen since she left for college. She pulled out a horn, a keepsake she had from a school trip to the circus long ago. Without thinking, she honked the horn and the memories came flooding back. 
she remembered leaving a red and yellow circus tent and following her classmates into the funhouse right next to it. She lost herself in the multitude of mirrors. And when she emerged from the funhouse, she realized she had missed the bus back to school. She didn't remember how long she was in there, only that she had found a toy horn. She squeezed it, and as it echoed through the maze, a clown appeared. What was his name? Its face bore a smile, and it danced all around her. He helped her find a way out. She would never be alone, it promised. Just give the horn a honk whenever she needed him. Outside, there were ambulance lights everywhere. While she had been stuck in the funhouse, there had been a terrible school bus accident. She was the only survivor of the tragedy. A woman standing on the street told her it had crashed when a circus clown crossed in front of it, causing it to swerve off the road and killing everyone on board. Flopsy? Fancy Flopsy? She recalled the clown's name aloud. Jeff laughed nervously. Fancy Flopsy sounds creepy. He probably wouldn't like me stealing you from him, he joked, trying to lighten the mood as he took some boxes of things upstairs. Araceli is my girl. When they were done unpacking, they opened the shed to put up their seasonal holiday decorations. That's when she saw it. Standing in the center, a funhouse mirror. Araceli was taken aback from the coincidence, first the horn and now the mirror. Jeff, what is this doing here? She asked, seeing someone cross behind her reflection. When she looked closer, she realized that it wasn't Jeff. It was Fancy Flopsy giving her a wave. When she turned around, she almost crashed into Jeff who had come back out with more boxes in hand. She laughed at herself. Sorry, I just got caught up in a memory, I guess. In bed later that night, she wondered if she had really imagined Fancy Flopsy. She'd left the bathroom light on and the door opened a crack just to be safe. From what? She wasn't sure. Her memories of him were scattered after they'd met. Should she be afraid of him? She wondered. He was her imaginary friend growing up and had left him behind when she got older. As her eyes grew heavy, she saw a figure moving in the room. Jeff must have gotten up, but then he snored right behind her. Suddenly, Wyatt awake. Her vision cleared, and she saw a powder-white face with fancy red makeup cracked around beady eyes and smeared over an elongated smile. The face of someone she hadn't seen in such a long time, someone she thought she imagined earlier and began to recall how very real he was. Fancy Flopsy is your friend. Fancy Flopsy has found you again. The clown said from the mirrored closet as the light went out. Araceli screamed in the darkness and the blankets were ripped off of her. With a clown honk and laugh, Flopsy's voice was all around her. I found you! What's going on? Jeff shouted, flipping the light switch on near the mirrored closet. Before Araceli could answer, Flopsy jumped out of the mirror and held the box cutter above Jeff. The clown <laughs> laughed as he began to slash Jeff. No one can take my Araceli away from me. Araceli tried yelling at the clown to stop, but its mouth began to absorb Jeff. Its hair coiled around his body. She blacked out. When she woke up, she heard the toilet flush. When she rubbed her eyes, she saw Jeff standing over her, wishing her a good morning. After she explained her horrible dream, Jeff hugged her close. It's okay, honey. No one can take me away from you. He said at his reflection in the mirror, which revealed his true identity. 
A smile crossed Fancy Flopsy's face as he held his long-awaited prize, Araceli. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The lengths we go for loved ones is a thin, high-wire act. In this story, inspired by Alexa, we're reminded to keep our eyes on the prize. The drumming and clash of a cymbal quieted the crowd at Wonder World. The audience sat in the dark, and Trinity clutched her popcorn box close. The sound of a whip startled the crowd as it rang through the darkness. The spotlight hit the white top hat on the head of Miss Wonderful, the ringmaster of Wonder World. The crowd went wild as they saw her in a face-off with a wolf. Between them stood a fiery ring. The wolf howled, and Trinity wondered why there was a wolf or any sort of animal at the circus in this day and age. She looked at her pal, Amalia, who shrugged. Welcome to Wonderworld, a place where imagination can transform your life. The ringmaster shouted as the wolf growled and ran toward Miss Wonderful. It jumped through the ring of fire. When it crossed the threshold, the crowd awed at the girl who appeared on the other side, next to the ringmaster. The wolf had transformed right before their eyes. We do not have any animals here, just very talented humans with unique abilities like Rosalia here, who can turn into a wolf on command, just like our friends Alana, who is half-demon, and Tasha, the mer-girl. They all came here for a second home, a welcoming, wonderful community. We welcome you to join us. Amalia told Trinity those girls were new. She couldn't wait to see the mer-girl, and Trinity agreed as she saw a figure in a masquerade mask and jester hat staring right at her and pointing. The permanent plastered smile on its face startled Trinity, and its colors reminded her of Mardi Gras in Louisiana, of her grandparents, of the times they shared before they passed away. She missed them so much, she'd give anything to see them again. 
The jester got closer and with his white gloves motioned for her. Go, urged Amalia, suggesting she was being selected for audience participation. Trinity hesitated, insisting on staying, but her friend nudged her toward the masked wrangler. He handed her a crystal-encrusted rabbit mask and instructed her to wait to put it on. As they walked behind the blue velvet curtains of the show, she was told she would be part of a very special magic trick tonight. Trinity was nervous but grew excited when she realized she was standing by a gold-gilded aquatic tank. Inside, she saw the mer-girl resting with her crystal clamshell bra and braided colorful hair. Tasha? Trinity asked quietly and the girl woke up. She waved somberly and motioned to the mask. Trinity lifted it up toward her face and Tasha shook her head as if to say, don't do it, right before being wheeled away. What kind of trick am I doing? Trinity asked herself when she felt a tap on her shoulder. It was Miss Wonderful. The silver and blue sequins of her ringmaster dress shone. She looked so powerful and magical. It's a gift, darling. You'll be playing the role of the white rabbit tonight. All I need you to do is think of what you'd like most in the world. Close your eyes now and place the mask on your face. Open them when I introduce your role and magic will happen. I promise you, it'll change your life. Trinity nodded as she did what was asked and the ground beneath her moved up. She was on a platform. Miss Wonderful's voice echoed all around. And now, we have our favorite act that reminds us magic can inspire us to see what we want and go toward it with open eyes. Behold, the white rabbit. Trinity opened her eyes and gasped. She was on a high platform above everything. Her hands shook as she saw a wire before her, and across the way on another platform, two figures in the dark. We have with us tonight a magical reunion that can take place. All the white rabbit has to do is hop onto the wire to see her loved ones again. Trinity felt as if she was punched in the gut as she saw the spotlight hit the figures ahead of her it was her grandparents. How? She wondered, tears welling up in her eyes. It couldn't be. Was it the gift the ringmaster promised? Trinity, you can do it. We believe in you, her grandmother called out. Stealing herself, Trinity remembered it was all an illusion, just magic. Our darling angel, we've missed you, her grandfather called out. I've missed you, Nana and Grampy. Trinity cried out she needed to get to them. Miss Wonderful's voice rang through the air. See, as the white rabbit would do anything to see them again. Go ahead. Go to them. Stealing herself, Trinity was filled with determination. The weight of the mask on her felt reassuring. She began to feel lighter and smaller. She began to transform into a real rabbit. So she began to cross the wire and was able to make her way effortlessly until she reached the middle. Don't look Don't down, look darling, down. she heard the ringmaster warn. Caught off guard, she reacted and indeed looked down. She was high, a little white speck. Trinity, you've got this. 
Her Nana encouraged, and dizzily she tried to continue but was filled with fear. Her body began to expand and turn back into a human. No, I'm a white rabbit, she said to herself and continued her way across. But the wire wobbled as she almost reached her grandmother's hand. The tears in her eyes blinded her and she fell right before making it. She fell straight down into the white space that as soon as she impacted with it, she realized it was a top hat. She spun into its darkness. The next thing she knew, she was being picked up by the wolf girl as the crowd burst into applause. Rosalia whispered into Trinity's long, furry ears, You're with us now. Alexa, thank you so much for the story that inspired this tale for us. I wonder, those that enjoy going to the circus and to carnivals in general, what carnival act would you be afraid to be trapped as forever? Would it be the high wire act? Would it be balancing on a ball? Or would it be straight to the lion's cage? Have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. There is a real-life place that's a resting stop for tourists and a final resting stop for clowns. This is the true story of the Haunted Clown Motel, inspired by Joe Stewart of the NZ Herald. For over 20 years, Nevada's Clown Motel has been a spooky go-to destination for those seeking roadside oddities. Nestled in Tanopa, a real-life ghost town, many horror enthusiasts have visited the town as it's known to be a hotbed for paranormal activity. Particularly in the area of the Clown Motel, there are many known apparitions of specters like the Lady in Red. At another place to stay the night in the spirits of 17 victims of a 1911 mine fire. Known to draw in ghost hunters and curious travelers, the motel is most known for its circus decor, clown cemetery views, and intense spectral experiences. When you go inside, it's an absolute nightmare for those who fear clowns. There are so many painted and red-nosed faces all over the walls. Happy clowns, sad clowns, famous clowns, and downright terrifying clowns. The owner, Haim Anand, is proud of the place he calls home. He actually didn't start the motel, but acquired it from his original owner, Bob Perchetti, with the help of an angel investor. It was destiny, however, as Anand has had a lifelong love of clowns. When I was 14, I went to the circus for the first time, and I really loved the clowns. Since then, I've been fascinated by them. When I saw the clown motel for sale, I thought, my God, it's got to be mine, Haim said in an interview with NZ Herald. The first night I stayed there, I admit I was totally scared. I thought something was going to happen, but 
nothing did. He even sleeps in the most haunted room. The clowns want me here. They're not going to hurt me. People have had different strange experiences at the motel, but nobody has been hurt so far. He insists and enjoys upping the ante on convening with the clown dead. YouTuber Justin Scared visited a couple of years ago. In his vlog, he described that the original owners bought the motel plot over 30 years ago because it was right next to the cemetery where their father was buried. Justin even stayed the night and brought clown offerings in the hopes to add to the clown collection and maybe for protection from the spirits. In his video, you can see each room has a clown hanging from the door. And when you enter, the walls are lined in clown art. Twisted, ghostly, smiling clown art. There are even some touches, disembodied clowns, and piles of porcelain clown toys by the bedside. Ghost hunters have also reported activity in rooms and picked up sounds on their equipment of EVPs, snippets of communication from beyond. Perhaps a clown spirit jumping out of one of the over 600 dolls on property, or a perhaps passing spook from the cemetery next door. Haim invites interested parties from around the world to send in clown toys to put on display as his family grows. No word on if they are sage to make sure no spirits live in the dolls, because as Haim says, the clowns love me and I love them. That's why I'm here. This place is my destiny. Many thanks to Joe Stewart of the NZ Herald for covering the haunted clown motel. How about you, listeners? You know how I feel about clowns, but would you stay at the haunted clown motel? Have you? If you have, let us know in an email, somethingscary at snarled.com. We've seen those old toys from carnivals, those objects that should win the title of creepiest-looking prizes. In Jack in the Box Abridged by Michael Thomas Lee, we find out these toys never seem to go away. I first laid eyes on the box at my dear grandmother's house. Like a beacon, I was drawn to it. My granny, like most grandparents, was adoring and doted on me, her only grandchild. She caught me one early evening, staring at it inside her glass cabinet. The cabinet kept all her trinkets and knickknacks, her memories, as she fondly called them. But what caught my attention was the box. Situated at the back of the glass cabinet, it seemed out of place. A sore thumb sticking out on an otherwise pristine hand. It was an old tin box with a red plastic crank. It had on all its sides printed pictures of a traveling circus, lions and clowns, even an elephant standing tall on a podium. But in the center of the box was the ringmaster with a whip in his hand. His eyes stared out from the box. A playful grin spread across his mustached face. I wanted so very badly to touch the box. To feel my fingers around its frame, I wanted to turn the plastic crank and hear that song. Half a pound of tuppany rice, half a pound of treacle. That's the way the money goes. Pop goes the weasel. 
I pressed my sticky palms against my granny's glass cabinet, pressing my face against the cool, chemical-smelling glass. My pudgy fingers finding the smooth brass knob that opened the cabinet, I tugged and pulled, but the cabinet refused to open. I turned around in a panic, and behind me stood my granny, a warm yet warning smile across her wrinkled face. She reached into her housecoat and pulled out an antique angular key. She twisted it in the light of the room, showing off the object's strange edges. No, you don't, young lady, she teased, smiling at me. She placed the key back into her housecoat and tapped the pocket reassuringly. Safe and sound, she muttered, leaving the room. I was left standing in the lounge. I turned once again, viewing the toy box through the glass cabinet. I needed that key. I waited and crept carefully to avoid being detected during her evening bath. I reached into the housecoat and felt the weight of the key in my hand. The water from the bathroom ceased running, and a heavy drip echoed around the old house. I held my breath as I wondered, had she heard me? Had she checked the housecoat pocket? I was relieved to hear the sound of her body submerging in the bathtub, the relaxing gasp as the hot water did its trick on those old bones. This was it. I rushed to the glass cabinet and inserted my grandmother's key. I twisted the lock left and then right until an audible click alerted me. I carefully opened the cabinet door and reached both my hands inside, careful not to disturb my grandmother's trinkets. The box was lighter than expected. I plucked it out of the cabinet and shook it gently against my ear. Did it sound hollow? If there was a jack, Clown or jester ready to spring, it must have been as light as a feather. Puzzled, I sat down in the middle of the room, cradling the toy box in my lap. I began to turn the plastic handle to crank. The handle offered some resistance, but after a few turns, the nimble sound of the jack-in-a-box began to play its timeless jingle. Half a pound of tuppenny rights, half a pound of treacle, that's the way the money goes. Pop goes the weasel. I paused. The lid of the box held fast. No jack, no clown, no nothing. I knocked on the top of the box, like a person rapping on a door. Still no answer. Enraged at the trouble I had gone through to obtain the box and the non-event of the turning of the crank to reveal nothing but my frustration, I rotated the handle and the toy faster and faster, twisting and turning until my wrists cried out in pain. My head swam with nausea. The pictures on the toy box began to move and perform in front of my eyes as the tune played in my ears. The music warped and distorted. I tried to look away and block out the sound but the twisted circus was in full swing and I was caught, wrapped in its performance. I heard the sound of elephants trumpeting and the roar of whipped lions cry of joy from an invisible crowd and in the center of it all stood the ringmaster. He leered at me from the center of the box. His eyes danced with green and gold, a malevolent smile almost covered by a black suit mustache. I could hear his cry to the crowd, roll up! Roll up! I snapped out of the trance and quickly rose to my feet in horror. Dropping the box, it tumbled to the floor like loaded dice. It had stopped. The music, 
the ringmaster, the circus. Everything had come to a halt. I held my breath. The -the jack-in-a-box did not spring open, but revealed itself slowly opening like a ten flower. I waited for the jack to jump or the ringmaster to appear and drag me into his dark carnival, but once again, nothing appeared. Confused, I walked over to the box lying in the middle of my grandmother's floor and peered down into the empty heart of the toy. Empty? How could it be empty? I first became aware of a feeling over me. A dread fell over my young shoulders almost too heavy to hold. Then a smell hit my nostrils. Burnt sugar and blackened pork, followed by the scent of stale popcorn. Deep breathing whispered into my ears as an inhuman hand wrapped his fingers around my neck. The other claw toying with the back of my hair playfully. The jack giggled as he twirled my hair into curls, his sticky fingers nodding and painfully jerking the strands. My young mind, unable to take the horror behind me, shut down. I clattered to the floor in a heap. As I lay there, my mind exhausted from fear, I could once again hear the dreadful rhyme. Half a pound of tupney rice, half a pound of treacle. Oh, my dear, my granny spoke, lifting my head off the floor and into her warm lap. Now, my dear, you shouldn't have gone snooping. She held the box in her hand above me twisting and studying the colorful cube. I won this wonderful thing in a game of ring toss when I was just about your age. She smiled, stroking my hair. Your old granny was a sure hand at the circus games. I gasped as I saw in the corner of the room stood the Jack, the long, slender figure crooked and blackened. He resembled a burnt tree, the bark of his skin covered in deep, wet gashes that spewed a foul-smelling jelly. Now don't look at him. Don't pay him no mind, my granny snapped, turning her back to the creature, shielding my gaze. You know what they call a jack-in-a-box in France, my dear? They call it bon boîte. Do you know what that means, my child? I stared up at her in shock and shook my head, speechless. It means devil in a box. She stated solemnly, and you know, my dear, you opened the box and just as I did all those years ago, you have to pay the devil his due. Granny placed a pillow beneath my still aching head and rose gingerly on her worn knees, wincing in pain from the effort. Now, sweetie, grandma's gonna have to go away. She turned slowly to face the jack, who had his eyes firmly fixed on my granny. It licked his skinless lips in anticipation. Granny, no, I croaked. My words were heavy with fright. Now just stop that. Stop that at once, it won't make any difference, she barked as I protested, curled up on the floor. You have a job to do now, my love. It's an important job, one I have been doing for too long. You have to keep the box. Keep it safe, she nodded at the tin toy lying on the floor. I tried to cry out, but my silent scream went unheard as my grandmother walked over to the jack and embraced the creature like any old friend. I turned away as the jack held my grandma, squeezing until she was submerged in its viscous bodily fluid. The jack gurgled as it drank her in a look of elation on its face as it sipped away what little life she had left. 
It looked at me, almost unsatisfied with the offering my grandma had given, and finished the last of its meal. Licking the plate clean, it dropped her to the floor and vanished from sight. The tiny box slammed shut, in the middle of the floor next to my granny's already cold body. With both shaking hands, I gripped the toy as if in prayer and placed it back in my granny's glass cabinet. Shutting the door, I turned the key and placed it in my pocket. As I finish this story, I must confess, not a day goes by when I don't thumb the heavy antique key in my pocket. The jack-in-a-box no longer lives in my grandmother's glass cabinet hiding in plain sight. I chose a more secure and traditional hiding place. A place most people keep old, unwanted memories they can't bear to part with. Safe and sound. I look at my daughter fondly. She is just like me and Grandma in so many ways. I pray that her curiosity doesn't get the better of her, too. When I tuck her into bed at night, kissing her cheek and wishing her sweet dreams, there's a faint sound, and when she switches her nightlight on and closes the door softly, I can hear it more clearly coming from the attic. Half a pound of tupney rice, half a pound of treacle. That's the way that granny goes. Pop goes the weasel. This week's podcast stories were edited by Marquia McCarty, Sabina Graves, and James H. Carter II. Narration by Marquia McCarty. Audio edited by Fitz Harris and Calvin Linderman. Graphics by Johnny Ashley. Produced by Annalise Nelson. Music by Sapphire Sandalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my dark darlings, sweet dreams. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now... All you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.